0: On point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners and I'll be talking about a range of topics including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. Hi there all, hope you're well. Let's take a look back at last week across financial markets. Then we will turn our attention to what's coming up and what investors need to be keeping an eye on. So we'll start with global share markets. A uh, Bit of a mixed bag, but generally very solid across the board. The US market was one of the few markets that did fall the S&P 500 fell 0.4% last week. I wouldn't get too alarmed about that. We've seen five consecutive weekly rises push the US market to a new record high. So not surprising that it's taken a little bit of a breather and the market is still up almost 5% year to date. And that obviously came on the back of a very strong 2023. So the US market just off ever so slightly. Most other markets posted very good gains. We saw the UK market up 1.8%, Europe added 1.3%, emerging market shares rose 2.1%, and Japanese shares were one of the real areas of strength. We saw the Topics Index rise 2.6% last week. So after a very good gain in 2023 of more than 25%, remember the Japanese market even even beat the US market last year. The Topics Index has risen another 10.9% so far this year in 2024. So that index is now within 10% of its all-time high, which came in, get this, December 1989. That's a whole nother podcast episode, what was happening in Japan in the 1980s, uh, what happened after 1989, 1990, and why it's been more than 30 years Uh, until the index has come anywhere near those all-time highs. But the Japanese market's still performing very, very well, and many people think it has a bright future even after those strong gains. The Australian market was up too, only marginally, up 0.2%, and the local market fell. So it was the US market and the New Zealand market that fell out of those ones I've mentioned. Our NZX50 index was down 1.2%, and it was really dragged down by Fletcher Building. Very poor result from Fletcher Building. Uh, we, we saw news that the CEO and the chair of the board are both heading off uh, and the stock tumbled more than 15% on the back of that uh, weak result. Interest rate markets were a little more calm last week, a bit more subdued. Listeners will recall that a week ago Uh, I was talking about how New Zealand interest rates had risen very sharply on the back of stronger economic data internationally, on the back of a stronger labour force report, and on the back of that big call from ANZ Bank that we would see two further OCR hikes taking the OCR to 6%. That got a lot of attention too. So the week before last, we saw local interest rates rise, Uh, so much that it was actually the third biggest weekly increase in 20 years. Luckily, last week was more subdued, and things largely went sideways. The two-year swap rate actually fell back slightly. The five-year swap rate, which is another wholesale rate, was a little changed at about 4.6%. And we had some positive news on the inflation front too, with uh, the survey of expectations, which I'll talk about shortly, uh, and a couple of other indicators pointing to uh, inflation continuing to fall, uh, not as quickly as we would like, but still continuing to fall. And so what we have seen is the odds of another OCR hike uh, at the next Reserve Bank meeting, which is next week on Wednesday the 28th, uh, the odds of a hike at that meeting have fallen from where they were a week ago. A week ago, they were about 50-50, and now they're a little under 20%. So we're very much back in... Uh, the on-hold camp at next week's meeting. Looking further ahead to May, uh, the May Reserve Bank meeting, if we th- cast our minds back to seven days ago, I was talking at that time about how markets were now pricing in a 90 percent chance of an OCR hike in May so markets had had very much sort of bought into that story uh, that the OCR still had a a bit more to go but things have moved and the likelihood of a move in May in terms of financial market pricing that is has fallen from over 90 to about 35 percent so I think we're back in that on hold camp and that's where i've been anyway you know my view if you're a regular listener you'll know that i believe the reserve bank has done enough and they should stay on hold and that the next move will be down I've never found it logical that the, that down, that cut, uh, would come too soon. I think it's much more of a uh, second half of 2024 story. Time will tell. But you know what I do believe very firmly is that the Reserve Bank should just sit tight. I don't think they need to take any further action. I think they're still getting bang for buck out of the moves that they took a year ago and further back than that because of those monetary policy lags. Right, looking back at some of the key releases last week, we had the Survey of Expectations, um, which the Reserve Bank releases. This is a quarterly survey. They interview business leaders and professional forecasters, about 30 or 40 odd um, people. And this survey gives uh, paints a really good picture of what people are expecting. And what people are expecting is really important when it comes to inflation, because expectations drive behavior you know if everyone thinks inflation is going to be really high and rocket ahead then they will change their behavior they'll go out and buy stuff now before it gets more expensive so it becomes a bit self-fulfilling so it's really important that the market and the economic community and everyone really has confidence in the reserve bank doing their job and get inflation back to those uh, levels where they want it to be And This survey gave us further evidence that people do have that faith in the Reserve Bank. The mean one year forward inflation expectation fell from 3.6 to 3.2, the lowest since 2021. Looking out two years, it fell from 2.76 to 2.5. And when you look out 10 years, uh, or five years, uh, and inflation expectations are sitting around that 2.1%, 2.2% mark, which is very close to the midpoint of the target band, which is, of course, 2%. So in short, uh, this survey gave us confidence that many of the professional forecasters, business leaders out there have confidence in the Reserve Bank to do their job. So this survey was one of the things that saw those rate hike odds reduce from where they were at. We got some housing market figures last week we got the reinz report for january the real estate institute and it reflected a fairly slow start to the year for the housing market january is always a quiet month for the housing market but last month was still quite subdued i saw a westpac uh, comment that said it was the the second lowest level of sales for a january uh, in 32 years, so you did see activity that was pretty, pretty sluggish, pretty slow. Uh, the market hasn't really got back to where many, many of those in the in the real estate sector would like it to be. Um, high interest rates and and other challenges are, are really just holding it back a little bit. The days to sell increased in Auckland, but it fell elsewhere. Now, days to sell is a good indicator of uh, market strength. That's a good. Um, signal about where prices might be headed because when the days to sell is starting to widen out and increase, it means you're not seeing um, you're not seeing as much activity and it's taking longer for buyers and sellers to sort of get to some agreement. So that's something we watch carefully when we're looking ahead to how the market might develop um, in terms of prices. There wasn't a whole lot of movement there, either pretty sluggish. We did see the national house price index rise slightly. Uh, so that's the seventh increase in the last eight months. And prices have rebounded about 4 4.5% since May last year, which is when they bottomed out. Before that, they fell about 18% from the 2021 peak and sort of bottomed out about in May last year. So we have seen a rebound. I think we'll continue to see a rebound, but you've still got some of those things that are keeping the market subdued, you know, higher interest rates, the prospect of, other things that are keeping the market a little slower than many would like. We had the US inflation report for January. This was the consumer price index report. The headline CPI, the core CPI, both a little stronger than expected. So the headline CPI, increased an annual rate of 3.1% in the year to January. Now that's down from December. It was 3.4 in December. So it's still coming down, but people expected it to fall into the twos. So not coming down as quickly as people were hoping for. And the core CPI uh, was unchanged at an annual level, 3.9%, which is the same as December. That's still well off the highs, but people were expecting that to come down. I think what really got the market's attention was some of the detail, uh, the shelter inflation, which is housing and so forth. Shelter rose more than expected. And we also saw what they call super core inflation, which is more than just core inflation. It's really trying to hone in on some of those more persistent um, elements of the inflation backdrop. Core services, excluding housing, is essentially what they're measuring there. Super core inflation rose to an annual pace of 4.3%. Now, that's the strongest since May last year. We've seen four straight months when it's been sub 4%, and now it's jumped back up above 4%. So on the back of that release, you did see markets give up on any chance of a cut from the Federal Reserve in March. You know, It wasn't so long ago when everyone was saying, look, March rate hike, um, rate cut, I should say, uh, and, and the odds of that have dried up completely. And for a move in May, which was seen as very much a done deal, the odds have fallen back to 40%. So for the Fed it's been a little bit different to the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. No one's talking about more increases like they have been the last couple of weeks here in New Zealand, but it's been a case of when do we see that first cut. Uh, some people have been hopeful that we might see it uh, over the next few months and others have said, look, uh, you might need to wait a little bit longer. For me, my view from the Fed is, is not dissimilar to what I'm thinking for the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. I think both of them are done uh, and that we won't see any more hikes, or at least I'm hopeful that that's the case. So I think the next move is down, but I just don't think you'll get those downward uh, moves as soon as people would hope. I think there's probably more chance of the Fed moving earlier. The Reserve Bank is very likely to wait until, you know, at the earliest, the second half of the year, you might get a move a little earlier than, than that from the Fed. But some of these releases like the January CPI report do just give us a, a bit more evidence that um, inflation, that the the job is not done yet. There is still a little bit of work for central banks to do. But you know, bigger picture for investors, if you're thinking ahead twelve months and beyond. Uh, we are looking at interest rates that will be uh, on a downward sort of path. So uh, for those of us that have got a a medium term or a long term investment time horizon, which is most of us, uh, this is still a theme that we need to start thinking about. Position our portfolios for interest rates that might be starting to come down rather than rise further. Also important to note when we're talking about that US inflation is that the Federal Reserve targets what they call PCE inflation, that stands for personal consumption expenditures. So they they target PCE inflation rather than the regular consumer price index inflation. And that's because they believe that the PCE report, uh, which usually comes out about a fortnight after the the CPI report, so we'll see it sort of towards the end of this month. Uh, they believe the PCE report is a better reflection of what people are actually seeing and feeling and experiencing. and that inflation measure is is sitting in the twos it's a little bit lower so you know that that's an important distinction to make we'll be watching that pce report in a couple of weeks time and seeing um, if it uh, is also hotter than expected or if it continues to move in the direction that we are all hoping for looking to the week ahead and we'll start with what's happening locally then we'll go further afield but here in new zealand Uh, We've got another dairy auction on Wednesday. The agricultural sector will be hoping that recent trends continue because we have seen the global dairy trade index, the GDT index, increase quite a bit of late. A fortnight ago it rose 4.2%. That was the most since November, the fifth increase in a row, and prices are up about 30% from where they fell to in August last year. So they're at the highest levels since late 2022. And that was enough for Fonterra to increase its milk price forecast last week. So the midpoint is now uh, sitting at $7.80. That's up 30 cents, uh, which is about 4% increase from where it was before, $7.50. And at $7.80, that will be the fourth highest in Fonterra's history. You know, the other three times when it's been higher than that are the last two years. Last year was $8.20, the year before that $9.30, that's the highest of all. And about 10 years ago, it was $8.40. But seven eighty, dollars not bad. Um, bear in mind that many farmers are, have experienced uh, rising costs like we all have, so wages, input costs, uh, borrowing costs with interest rates. So many farmers will still be facing a, a bit of a challenging period but 780 certainly better than we were at about six months ago because the payout forecast was in the sixes uh, not so long ago so I think as it sort of approaches the high sevens knocking on the door of eight dollars that is a much better place to be. We'll also get the retail sales report here in New Zealand on Friday and this will cover the December quarter That will give us a bit more information about how strong the consumer is whether people are spending or not what they're spending on and that will feed into sort of the economic growth report for for the december quarter which will be forthcoming in the not too distant future as well looking out further afield it will be a bit of a quieter week monetary policy will still be in focus we'll get the minutes of the last fed meeting I think they are out on Wednesday in the US. We'll also get the minutes from the European Central Banks last meeting. Those are out on Thursday in Europe. So they will give us a bit more colour about what those two central banks were thinking at the last meeting, and that will help us figure out what they might do next and when. We'll get the flash PMIs. Uh, PMI stands for Purchasing Managers Index. These are essentially activity indicators. Very useful because they are very up-to-date. So we'll get these on Thursday and they will cover the month of February. So much more up-to-date than some of those backward-looking or historic data releases that we see elsewhere. The flash PMIs last month were pretty good. They pointed to a fairly good start to the year for most of the major economies. You had the um, the US PMI hit a seven-month high. Japan and the UK were also, I think, at four and seven-month highs, respectively, both in expansionary territory. Europe and Australia were below break even, but both showed improvements on the last few months. So we'll be watching those. We'll be looking at the inflationary indicators and so forth, and those are all out on Thursday. Uh, the Aussie one is out. 11 o'clock on Thursday, Japan after lunch, Europe, the UK and the US that evening. So that will be one of the key things um, for me to watch. We'll also be watching uh, the reporting season and internationally the reporting season is mostly done so it's starting to wind down, still plenty to uh, focus on, still plenty to watch but the S&P 500 Uh, I think 80% of companies have already reported, so we're sort of four-fifths of the way through uh, on that basis. It's been a pretty good reporting season so far. 78% of companies have beaten earnings estimates, and when you aggregate the whole US market, or the S&P 500 at least, We 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 see and observe an earnings growth rate of about 3.2% compared to the same quarter a year earlier, so December 2023 versus December 2022, 3.2%. Now it doesn't sound fantastic, but it's much better than what people were expecting. Uh, before the reporting season started so well above expectations and it's the second consecutive quarter of growth because we had a string of quarters where earnings were headed lower and now we've seen two quarters where earnings are rising back up again so that is good news. There's still lots of companies to watch and the big one internationally this week will be NVIDIA which is basically the 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 leader of the Magnificent Seven, the poster child for tech and AI in recent times. So NVIDIA reports on Wednesday, it will be very interesting to see how they're going. They're not the only big company worth a look. Uh, we've got Air Liquide, Home Depot, Walmart, Nestle, so, you know, there's still still plenty to follow, but uh, things are starting to wind down elsewhere when it comes to the reporting season. That's not the case in New Zealand or in Australia, because our reporting season is just starting to ramp up, and there are tons of companies reporting this week here and across the Tasman, so in New Zealand on Monday, uh, the week will start with Freightways, contact A2 Milk, through the rest of the week, plenty of names, I won't go through them all, but Tourism Holdings, E-Boss, Air New Zealand, Auckland Airport, Scales, Sky TV. Uh, Thursday is quite a big day. You know, there's lots to watch on Thursday. NZX itself on Friday, Port of Tauranga, another good one to keep an eye on if you're trying to get a sense for how the economy is tracking because of the freight movements, obviously, and container volumes and that sort of thing. So lots going on on the local market, moving across the Tasman, lots of big heavyweights. We've got a quarterly result from Westpac on Monday, Lease as well, a big property and construction business, BHP and Rio both reporting on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. Uh, Who else we got? We've got Woolworths, we've got Fortescue, we've got APA Group, we've got Brambles. So look, there is uh, lots and lots going on, and it will be a very busy week on the corporate front. Hopefully, uh, we don't see too many more Fletcher Building-type results. I'm sure it'll be a bit mixed bag. There'll be winners and losers, but let's hope... uh, there aren't any that are quite as disappointing as that one all right thanks for listening team we'll talk again soon for more insights visit craigsip.com